0: You have Luke chapter 4, verse 14. Say, amen. amen. Luke 4, verse 14. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and stood up for to reap. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Esaias, And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. And I want to read that last verse again. From there I'll be primarily taking my thought, which simply says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Today I want to preach to a message simply entitled, He Set Me Free. He set me free. As I was uh, seeking God on this message, the, the word, only word he gave me was the word liberty, and that I believe that. The Lord wants to bring liberty to his people through this message. And we're going to enlist the aid of the Holy Spirit. I can do nothing of myself. I'm I'm totally putting this in his hands. And I believe through his power, through his spirit, that people can be set free from the bondages of sin. Let us pray today. Heavenly Father, we just bless you. God, we worship you, Lord. We, we ask for your help in this message, O oh God. Fill me, Lord Jesus, with the words of wisdom to impact this audience. God, that they might make a decision, Lord Jesus, to serve you, to be born again. I pray in the name of Jesus that your supernatural power would be manifested in this message. Bless, O oh God, this congregation. Bless those that are hearing even through the airwaves. We pray that the Spirit of God, Lord Jesus, is not limited by space or time. We pray let there be liberation from all the bondages that the enemy has put uh, uh, on the people of God. We right now release this into your hands. We we thank him. We bless you. And in Jesus' name, let the church living God say amen. amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you today about bondage and how that the Lord desires us to be free from any type of bondage. The dictionary defines bondage as being the state of being, the state of being bound by or subjected to some external power or control that bondage is often equated with slavery, but I'm going to, I'm going to talk about slavery, but I also want to talk about a different component to bondage. One of the things that I've noticed in regards to bondage in the scripture is that the word bondage is often couple, coupled with something else, and that, that thing is often fear. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8, verse 14. We're going to take a look at four different scriptures to kind of see this, this idea of Fear. Romans 8 verse 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not, now notice this, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, notice there in verse 15 that it says that, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. That with bondage comes with it fear, and fear of torment, fear of being mistreated, fear of abuse, and also fear that maybe I may never escape the enslavement that I am in. Now, look at Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14. It says this, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Notice again the fear and the bondage. In this particular case, that those of us that are in sin were fearful of death because after death comes judgment. Now look at this in Isaiah 14 verse 3. Uh, The Bible says, and it shall come to pass in the day that the Lord shall give thee rest from thy sorrow and from thy fear and from the hard bondage wherein thou wast made to serve. The thing is when God is talking about liberty and he's talking about freedom, he not only wants to free you from the bondage itself, but the fear from being incarcerated again. Because oftentimes when God brings us out of a situation, we come with scars and baggage and fear that we may be put back into that situation. Situation. But I'm here to tell you today that God is not only here to remove you from the situation itself, but from the fear that also terrorized you and encapsulated you and incarcerated you, keeping you immobilized and incapable of moving forward with your life. Now there's two types of bondage I want to talk to you about. There's one, the prisoner, and then secondly, there's the slave. There's the prisoner, and then there's the slave. I want to first talk to you first about the Prisoner form of bondage. Whenever you're a prisoner, one, you're usually confined to some sort of space, usually a cell of some sort. And usually you're incarcerated because at some juncture you have broken the law. You are a trespasser, you have done something wrong, you have violated the law. Now, the thing is, whenever you're incarcerated, you're a prisoner and you're confined to this cell that you're serving a sentence. And that it 's limited to some sort of time period you're, whenever you 're being sentenced for the crime let 's say you 're convicted for the crime they 'll sentence you to five or ten years or whatever or or maybe they may have some stipulation regarding parole that maybe that on good behavior you can be paroled or there 's some sort of probation that 's there that there 's usually a limitation to the sentence there 's some sort of ending or expiration date that's on the sentence. And because of that, you also have an opportunity to argue or make a case for your freedom. If you've been charged with a crime and you are um, been arrested and you've been put in jail, you have the opportunity to go to trial and to go before a judge and to argue your case for your freedom. Now, the thing is, before the trial actually occurs, there's something that is offered to the incarcerated to enable them to experience some sort of freedom before they go to the trial, and that thing is called bail. There's bail that is there. Now, what is bail? That bail is a cash amount paid by the defendant to the court to ensure that they will appear in court. This fee enables the defendant to be released from jail until the time of a trial. The fee is returned to the defendant at the end of the trial if they appear for all their court cases. Bail is not a fine or punishment, but instead it is collateral. So what happens is you commit a crime. You've done something wrong. You're incarcerated in jail. In, o- in order for you to get out of jail until the time of the trial, you have to p- pay bail. If you cannot pay bail, then you'll have to stay incarcerated until you go to trial. Now the thing is that this bail, as I just read Earlier, It's not a, a, a punishment, nor is it a fine. It's a collateral because they want to make sure that you're going to appear in court to face trial. Now, one of the things that I see here in this little analogy I'm giving is that there are many people that you are incarcerated, you're in a prison, you are in bondage to something because you have made some sort of infraction against God's law. You've made some sort of bad choice or bad decision that violates God's law, and now you're in prison by that sin and you're incarcerated and you're awaiting the judgment of God against you. The thing is, though, you try to post bail, you try to do some sort of good work to give yourself some. Some sort of liberty or freedom in the midst of this condition. Now many people are in this condition that they have committed sin and have offered their works or their suffering as a way to gain some sense of freedom. Now this doesn't however absolve their charges against them nor does it avoid the trial that awaits them. So the thing is this that you've committed a sin you've committed some sort of infraction against God and so you try to post bail you try to do good works to get yourself out of the infraction. Now, what happens is when someone, let's say they they are able to pay some sort of amount to get bail to get out of this temporary incarceration, some people they jump their bail. Which means they run away to try to avoid the trial or the judgment that awaits them. And there are many people that are in the church. You've committed a sin. You've done sort of violation or infraction against God. And you now are serving some sort of time or giving some sort of good work in order to pay for that infraction. And you have some ability of freedom in the sense that you're not exactly incarcerated. But you're not free of the charges. And you're trying to avoid the trial. I want to tell you today that when you commit sin that there is no avoiding the trial does not matter how many good deeds you do does not matter how much money you pay there is no avoiding the trial that awaits you you're going to have to stand before the judgment seat of God We are all guilty of the charge of sin. All of us are. There's none of us that are righteous. The Bible says in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us are guilty. Now, here's what's interesting here in your court case. The thing is, your court case, when you go to trial before God and to argue your case as to why you did what you did and defend yourself, the worst thing you could do is just to do that is to defend yourself. The only way the charges are going to get dropped is if you plead guilty. Now that sounds ridiculous, but if I plead guilty, then I'm going to be charged with the crime. But in fact, no, if you plead guilty and you admit to the crime before the judge, God who is merciful, God who is loving and gracious, can extend the blood of Jesus to you to absolve you of the charges. The Bible says in 1 John 1.8, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The only way to get free of the bondage of the charges levied against you because of your own choices, because of the sin in your life, is not to try and defend yourself and say, No, it was a mistake. You got the wrong one, Your Honor. There must be some sort of error here that I'm actually a good person. I did not actually you do this or perhaps there was a justifiable reason as to why that you committed this infraction you try to justify your sin before God and said that it's okay for me to live in the state of depravity that I'm in it's okay for me to live in sin that I do not need the blood of Jesus applied to me that I do not need the righteousness of God in me or perhaps you commit the infraction and say that I have no sin at all there's nothing wrong with me I'm good just how I am and when you have that type of attitude you're making yourself truly guilty of your sin and you will be sentenced to your prison and into your bondage the only way you can get out of this is to one plead guilty and to get the best lawyer that's on the face of the earth his name is Jesus Jesus First John chapter 2 verse 1 says my little children these things write I unto you that ye sin not and if any man sin we have an advocate with the Father Jesus Christ the righteous and he is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only but also for the sins of the whole world in verse 1 the Bible describes Jesus as being the advocate in other words that he is a lawyer he's one that is going on our behalf to argue our case and our innocence another word for counselor is attorney that he is our attorney he's our wonderful counselor who's trying to get the charges dropped up. the only way you can be free from the bondage of sin is that you plead guilty and you plea alt- go to the advocate who argues our case before the father now the other type of bondage the first one i just told about is a bondage of your own making it's a bondage that you have chose You've made decisions. You've broken God's law. And because of that, you are guilty of, of incarceration. You are guilty and to be arrested. And any time we try to avoid that judgment, we try to avoid that justice, there's a war that's out for arrest. There are bounty hunters out to get us, uh, to bring about the justice. We think that we can avoid the justice of God by living our lives however we want to. And we think that because there are no immediate consequences, that somehow we have escaped judgment. Uh, that delay does not necessarily mean denial. Galatians, I believe, chapter 6, verse seven be not deceived that God is not mocked for whatsoever man saw that shall he also reap that you will reap what you sow you cannot jump this bail you cannot avoid the justice of God and the only way you can get out of this bondage is to plead guilty before the father and rely on the advocacy of Jesus Christ now the second type of bondage that I find the people of God in is that of a slave the slave their bondage is not due to their choice But they were conquered by something greater than themselves. That slavery was not necessarily something that was chosen. That in fact slavery was something that was enforced upon the victim. Because something more powerful or stronger overcame them. And in the same sense that we are slaves to sin. We didn't necessarily choose to have a sinful nature. We were born with it and there are some of you in this audience you did not choose the addiction you were born with it perhaps your mother did alcohol while, you were, while she was pregnant with you and you were born with a, predisp- a predisposition to alcohol or crack or something else you did not choose to be molested you did not choose to be abused you did not choose to be abandoned you didn't choose that but nevertheless you are a slave and in bondage and you cannot seem to escape it because it's stronger than you are and no matter what you do what medication you take what psychiatrist you go to what therapies sessions you go through, you are still in bondage to this trauma, to this tragedy, to this issue, and you cannot escape it because it's stronger than you are. No matter how many self-help tapes you take, no matter what methods you do, no matter how many miles you run or how much you get in shape or what career you get yourself into, you cannot escape the bondage, the enslavement of this overmastering power, of this addiction, of this terror, of this horror that you are suffering from. You didn't choose this. It conquered you. The sorrowful thing about slavery is that there is no expiration date. If you're a prisoner and you're sentenced, there's usually an expiration date. You're only for this many years and you serve your time, and there's at least some hope of you getting out of it. But with slavery, there is no hope of getting out of it. If you're a slave, that's it. They own you. Only if the master, for whatever reason, has mercy on you, desires to let you go free. Now, what's interesting is this, that in ancient Roman times, a slave could potentially earn... Or buy their freedom. And this, was, this encouraged complete obedience and compliance to their masters in the hope that they would be free. So they say, you know what? I might let you go free if you just do everything I say. And if you're a good slave and a good servant, do everything I say, maybe I might let you go free. Or maybe if you work hard enough, I'll let you even keep some of, some of the money that's earned by your work. And maybe later on in life, after years and years of working, you can earn and you can buy your freedom and become a free citizen. Now, in our analogy here in relation to sin, that this idea that you can buy your way out of your, your bondage to sin is a lie. Because it does not matter how, good, how many good works you do or how much money you acquire or amass. There is nothing that you can do to purchase your freedom from the slavery of sin. The only thing that's strong enough to release you from that bondage, the only payment that can be given is that of the blood of Jesus. It doesn't matter how hard you work that you're, you're enslaved to this thing. It doesn't matter how good you are. And the thing is, and there is the lie of the, of the slavery of sin because with sin, there also is an addiction that's to it. There is an addiction to it. And you know what? Your addiction, your sin will always lie to you and just say, oh, just one more time, and then you can stop. Just one more time. If you just obey me one more time, then maybe I might let you go free. And build just one more hit, just one more relationship, just one more lie, just one more decision to do more sin. Just follow me, obey me as your master says sin. And maybe I'll let you go free. And you comply. And you continue to yield. And instead you become even more entrenched inside of your sin. And you cannot escape it. The Bible says, in G- Jesus saying in John chapter 8 verse 31. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, we be Abraham's seed, and we're never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Free. Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. You think that you're free and you think you've got it all together. You've got a good job, a good career. You've, uh, you've uh, uh, managed to achieve some level of success. You've managed to overcome some of the traumas, but there's still that residue. There's still some of that tangibility to what you've suffered, and you can't get free from the addiction. You need someone, an emancipator, a liberator, a mediator, to come in to advocate your case uh, to set you free. And that individual is Jesus. In our text in Luke chapter 4 verse 18, Jesus speaking in the synagogue says that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Now the word there, bruised, in the Greek is throo, which literally means to break in pieces, shattered smite through. Jesus came to set at liberty not only those that were in prison, but those whose lives were shattered and broken in pieces there's no one else who could put your life back together like Jesus but the miracle working the liberation power of Jesus is here to liberate you and to bring you back together He said the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of the sight of the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. So those of you in my audience, some of you are prisoners. You are in bondage because of your own choices. Then there are some of you, you are slaves. You are in bondage not because you chose it, because of circumstances. You are there. It does not matter which one you are. Jesus Christ has come to liberate you, either through advocacy, through the law, by Satisfying all of God's commandments, or through the power of His blood to, to break the shackles and the chains and the yokes of sin. In the Word of God, we find an example of somebody who was not only a slave but was also a prisoner. He was bound twice. And I want you to look at this idea, this story of someone who how God can make them free. We look at the story of Joseph. Joseph was an amazing man, young man, with a great talent to interpret dreams. But because of the jealousy of his brother, Others. The Bible says that they sold him into slavery. He didn't choose slavery, slavery chose him, and he was in Potiphar's house. It was not of his own making, he was a slave and in bondage. And due to lies that were told on him, it was said that he infract- made an infraction against the law and then he became a prisoner. He was not only a slave, but now he was a prisoner. Now, look at this the way that Joseph got out of the prison someone who was a cupbearer, to Pharaoh who was in charge of the nation. The cupbearer was incarcerated with Joseph inside of the prison because he had made Pharaoh upset. And the Bible says that Joseph interpreted the cupbearer's dream. And he told the cupbearer, remember me, whenever Pharaoh releases you, remember me and speak to the Pharaoh so that he would release me. And the fact of the matter is that the cupbearer forgot about him for a time or two. And the Bible says then that Pharaoh, he had a dream. And then the cupbearer remembered, and the cupbearer went down and said, there's a man who knows and interpret dreams. And the cupbearer got him out of the prison. Now, what am I telling you this? The cupbearer was one who gave the pharaoh his wine. Now, the thing is this. Joseph was in a prison not only with the cupbearer, but also with the baker. The baker was in charge of the pharaoh's bread. And in there we see a symbolism of Jesus Christ. That when I was in prison, we see the bread, which is God's, Jesus Christ's body, which was broken for me. And then we see the cupbearer who had the wine, the blood that was there for me. Now what's interesting is... That the cupbearer, he ascended out of the prison that he was in with Joseph. And then he went and talked to the king and he got him released. I want to tell you today that Jesus, that he went and he preached to the spirits in prison. And he went and entered into the holiest of all with his own blood. And he got us released from the prison of sin. It does not matter whether you're a slave. It does not matter whether you're a prisoner. Jesus Christ has come to set you free. He has come to liberate you from the bondages that you are in. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 verse 2, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. The Bible says in Galatians 5, One to stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. God is here to set you free. doesn't matter if you chose It doesn't matter if it was thrust upon you. The power of God is here to liberate you and to set you free. There's an old hymn that we used to sing. It goes, once like a bird in prison I dwelt. No freedom from my sorrows I felt. But Jesus came and listened to me. And glory to God, he set me free. He set me free. Yes, he set me free. He broke the bonds of prison for me. I'm glory bound my Jesus, you see. Glory to God, he set me free. I want you to understand it does not matter what your situation is. The power of God is here to set you free. It does not matter if it's sickness or disease. It does not matter if it's pornography or drugs. It does not matter if it's it's insecurity, suicidal thoughts. The power of God is here to set you free. All you need to do is call on the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. All you need to do is call on Jesus and allow him into your heart and he will set you free. Let's stand. I'm done. I'm done. God is here to set you free. God is here to break the ties of the enemy. God is here to bring liberation to you. All you need to do is just release it into the atmosphere and call on Jesus. Come on, Lord, and call out to God. He's here to set you free. That song, it says goodbye to sin. And things that confound. not of this world shall turn me around. Daily I'm working. I'm praying too. But glory to God I'm going through. He set me free. He set me free. He broke the bonds of prison for me. I'm glory bound. My Jesus you see. Glory to God. He set me free. God is here to set you free today. You can be free. It doesn't matter if you're a prisoner. It doesn't matter if it's your own choice or if it's thrust upon you. God is here to set you free. He's here to rescue the prisoner. He's here to rescue the slave. But you have to yield yourself to him and give your heart fully over to him. It's only as a prisoner when you finally say, I'm guilty, that the advocate can truly argue your case and take your place. It's only as uh, as the slave that we fully yield ourselves to him and allow his works to set us free, to buy our freedom, that we can be free from the grasp of sin. But the thing is, you have to make that choice yourself. I open these altars today, If whether you're a prisoner or you're a slave. I want to pray with you that you might be set free. Whether it's the prison of sin or the slavery of sickness or the slavery of financial depravity. Whatever it is, God is here to set you free. Hallelujah. Is there any that wish to come today to be free of the bondage of sin? To be free of the yoke of the trespasses of sin? God is here today. Now, I can do nothing of myself. I'm just a man. Only God can do it. And we're going to, right now, we're going to release the power of God to bring liberation and freedom in this house, whatever your issue is. I'm going to pray just a general prayer of liberation right now. And then I'm going to come and pray for you. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Father, you have, you've given me this word that because you want your people to walk in freedom. You want the Lord Jesus to walk in liberty. Even right now, I release the very power of God to sever the connections and the yokes of bondage, to break the chains and the fetters that hold the people of God, hallelujah enslavement and in incarcerated. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I release the very power of God be free, be loose be released from your bondage, be released from your addiction, be released from your sickness, be released right now The name of Jesus. In Jesus' name today. Hallelujah. Begin to worship and praise Him all over this house. God is going to set some people free today.